Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Today on the show, we will have Father Scott Trainer and Sean and Jen Dalton on the show to talk about uh, family life and the church and a wonderful family camp that is going to be happening at Broomtree soon in June. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. He's just smiling at me. Like, That's because it took us 22 takes to get to uh, this. <laughs> not, not, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> we want. Bit of a rough start, but we're here. Uh, we're here. Here we are. Uh, you know, uh, did you? I worked with Sean. Did you know? That? I, I yes, did I knew you, he did, used did to be here. Up? Okay. No, it did. I don't think you. you came up. I didn't come up. What? But I think it did, did come up that he used to be here. Yes. Uh, I got here, and then Sean left about six months later. Right. So what is that? Because he was like, Smart man. no way. <laughs> so once again, happy Easter. Happy Easter. We're still in the Easter season. Yes. Uh, today is the third Sunday of Lent, and its official name is. Third Sunday of Lent. You just said, yep. You just said Lent. Lent. <laughs> Easter. Should we start over no. again? No. Start? Take twenty-four. <laughs> uh, third, and what's the official name of the third Sunday of Easter? The third Bill? Sunday of Easter. I, I, had it. Yes. I had it. So the reading for today is from uh, Luke twenty-four. One of my favorite. It's actually one of my favorite passages in in uh, the Gospels. Is Jesus with the two disciples in the road to Emmaus? Mm-hmm. But this is right after that when the two disciples they recognize it was Jesus in the breaking of the bread. They run back and tell the other the apostles and the other disciples what happened. And then, so this is the reading for today. It picks up kind of there, and and. The two disciples recounted what had taken place in the way and how Jesus would made known to them in the baking of the bread. While they were still speaking about this, he, Jesus, stood in their midst and said to them, so pop quiz, Renee, Bill, maybe, what did Jesus say? So this is the first time in Luke's gospel that Jesus appears to all of the, the, the disciples together, or the apostles, at least, or at least many of them. Oh, I, I think I know what he says. Do you know what I he think says? I know what he says, too. Okay, ready? Well, One, two, three. Peace be with you. <laughs> Good job, yep. Bill. Way to join yep. me. It's like a trust fall, God. I know. Like he just left me hanging. And Renee, you, you, we need the ding, ding, ding. We need ding, to ding, get ding. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Peace be with you. And their response, Renee. I is, assume, Bill. Is this Vatican II or is this, this and with is, your spirit? Yes. Oh uh-huh. <laughs> no. no. I do not know what it is. But they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Oh, yes. So I, it, I, I think that's good for us to remember. So this is, this is the thing I'm focusing. I think it's good for us to put yourself in the shoes of the apostles, right? right. <clears throat> he's died. We, I, I abandoned him. So did we all, except for John. And John. <laughs> <laughs> Day go, Friday, John. Saturday. Sunday morning now, or at this point, it, now it's later on Sunday. It's right. Sunday evening uh, when this happens. And already, so rumors have started to spread. Mary Magdalene came back. I've seen the Lord. And people, okay, what, what's going on? Peter and John, the, the tomb was empty. Um, but when he actually shows up in their midst, they're terrified. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Uh, and I and I think we can say, what guys, what's wrong? But it's important to remember this has never happened ever before right. in the history of everything, right? And and not since in the uh, in the same correct. way, correct? Right. right, right, right. So I think we have to cut them a little bit of slack for being so. And yeah, it just shows it's it's a good. Re- it shows to me the reality. So they think they're seeing a ghost, and then to, he says to them. So the English, he said, why are you troubled? And I, I like to think of guys, what's the problem? 
you're dead. What? <laughs> That's what they're thinking. And you're why do dead. questions arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. It's me. That is that is I myself. It's 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 really me. Touch me and see, because the ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can as you can see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Well, they were still incredulous for joy and were amazed. He asked them, "Do you have anything to eat?" They gave him a piece of big fish. He ate it in front of them. Yeah. So he's showing them. This, I'm not a ghost. I'm really here in front of you. How many times in the other Gospels that they, they, he's walking in the water, they, oh, they're scared. They think it's a ghost. Kind of, again, the same thing, but he's showing them, I'm not a, I am alive right. for you to encounter. Uh, and I think the thing for us as we're reading this, you and I have talked about between biblical bites <laughs> and ignition and maybe in Catholic views, we've talked a lot about the reality of the resurrection, right. what it means and what it doesn't mean. Mm-hmm. Jesus came back body and soul from the dead. Right. He's not a ghost. He's here for them to see and touch. And, and I just think as we're continuing throughout this Easter season, as we look ahead, what does this matter for me? Just as Jesus rose from the dead himself, um, just as he raised, well, as Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven, that's his will. That's his desire for you mm-hmm. and me one day as well. He rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, so that hopefully you and I can as well in the future. Yeah, thank goodness, because we're going to need his help. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. All right, joining me on the show today is Father Scott Trainer. He is the Vicar for Lay and Clergy Formation for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And Sean Dalton, um, his lovely wife, is not quite with us yet. I'm not sure if she's going to make it, but Sean and Jen Dalton will be directing the family camp at Broomtree in June with Father Scott. So we brought them in to talk about family life and faith um, and this camp that's coming up and what can we what we can expect. So welcome, Sean and Thank Father Scott. Thank you for Scott. having me. You bet. Thanks, Renee. It's great to be with you. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Sean, since maybe I think some people in the diocese, the way I understand it, may know you because you're from here originally. Is that right? I spent five years, yeah, working for the diocese okay. in 98 through 2003 when Father Scott was just a young seminarian. Wow. And he made it. <laughs> he made it all right. Uh, all right. So can you tell, tell us a little bit about what you and Jen do um, with this family camp? Well, to back up a little bit, Jen and I actually met at a Bible camp not too yes. far from Sioux Falls down the road on Lake Okaboji <laughs> in Northwest Iowa. And this camp uh, was very unique in the sense that it had youth camps, but also family camps. Five weeks of, of the summer were dedicated to family camps. Wow. So we got to experience it firsthand how uh, just what a blessing it was to these families to come to the camp. And what I saw happen was really three things. The families developed a comfort level sharing faith together, which is really a game changer because they would bring that home and they would talk about the difference the faith makes in their lives as a family. Uh, Number two, they developed a comfort level praying together as a family. Mm -hmm. And number three, I saw dads kind of become awakened in their role and kind of step up to spiritually lead their families. Oh, that's really so, huge. Yeah, it, that, that's why we just became so convinced that it is a vital ministry and we wanted to be a part of it. And so we had the opportunity to help the Archdiocese of Denver here launch family camps at their new youth and family camp up near Estes Park called Annunciation Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we and we witnessed the same thing that we witnessed on Okaboji. These families were leaving here energized and 
uh, had developed some habits of really faith sharing and prayer together. So yeah. yeah, very exciting because if that's happening in the home, the likelihood of those kids leaving the family is greatly, or leaving the church, I should say, is greatly diminished. Right, right. Sean, you know a thing or two about Catholic family life. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family? Well, Jen and I have been married 27 years. Uh, we have eight children, three of whom are in heaven. Our firstborn had a chromosome disorder, and so Stephen was born and baptized and lived an hour. Uh, we've had two miscarriages, and then we have our three older daughters, Claire, who's 23, Mara is 21, Risa is 18, and then the two boys on the end, Josh is 16, and Caleb is 13, and we live here in Littleton, Colorado. Um, and the whole family has been involved in, in running these family camps. So our kids were counselors. They were in the skits. They were leading the music. They were sitting at the tables with the families and helping get food for the little ones. So it's, it's really been a, a blessing for us as a family. That's really cool that you guys have been able to do that all together. And mm-hmm. hopefully some of that can rub off on the families that come to the family camp. So we'll talk a little bit more about the family camp here yet, but I want to talk a little bit about um, being a family in the Catholic Church and what that means. Um, Father Scott, The uh, so the family is a reflection of the Trinity. Uh, we've heard this before, but it's kind of hard to maybe understand. Can you just explain that a little bit? You just want me in a minute or two to explain yeah, the just mystery of the Trinity in family life? Great, <laughs> we, could probably, sure. we could probably take an entire day to do that, but... <laughs> Or two 2000, minutes, two thousand years, <laughs> right. two minutes, whatever. Yeah, no. The, what a beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. The church does not hesitate to say that the family life reflects the life of the Trinity, mm-hmm. and that the family is, in fact, the domestic church. So, uh, in reflecting the life of the Trinity, the family is a communion of love between persons, mm-hmm. and this is who God is. Uh, God is not solitary. We believe in one God and three divine persons. And the Trinity is a communion of love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, where each person in the Trinity uh, loves entirely the other two and receives the gift of the others to himself. And so in marriage, so like from all eternity, the Father loves the Son. Mm -hmm. The Son receives from all eternity everything he is from the Father. And the love that is shared between them, the total self-gift of the Father to the Son and the Son to the Father is so real, it's a third divine person the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So God created man and woman in his image and likeness, and he gave Adam and Eve to each other as husband and wife in the garden. They right. weren't just hanging out together. They weren't right. neighbors. Uh, they weren't roommates. They were given to each other as husband and wife and called and given a mission to be fruitful and multiply. So God created uh, husbands and wives to so love each other, to express this total mutual self-giving and receiving and love that Sometimes that love has to be given a name nine months later, right? A love <laughs> right. so real, it's another human person. Yep, yep. Uh, so that's just, in a, in a short moment, just the reality that the family is called to be a communion of love between persons uh, that in some way reflects something of the infinite mystery of the communion of love of the persons of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right. And as the Catechism says, um, the family is also a domestic church. Mm-hmm. And uh, in paragraph 2204, it says, that the family is a community of faith and hope and charity. So these three gifts were given to us on ba- in baptism. Uh, faith is this capacity or power to know God and to know that what he says is true. Hope is the capacity to desire union with God as my greatest good, like to desire heaven as my greatest fulfillment, mm-hmm. and to trust in God's strength and not my own. 
And charity is the ability to recognize the goodness, truth, and beauty of God and respond to God with uh, the love of my whole heart. Right. Okay. So uh, as, and this is what the church does as the body of Christ, as the bride, as the body of Christ, as uh, Christ's bride. Uh, and that reality of the church as a community of persons living in faith, hope, and love is especially expressed and revealed in the domestic church of the family. Right. So both of those things we could say a lot more about, <laughs> but they just speak to what a lofty and dignified view that God has established, like the mission that God has entrusted to the families and the view that the church has of the family. We couldn't say too much about it. So right. beautiful and noble is the call and mission of the Christian family. Yeah. I've heard it um, referred to as the school of love where we learn virtue. Uh, I thought that was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, if you if you don't experience love as you're growing up and so on, virtue might be harder to come by. It's not impossible, I suppose, but it's it's certainly harder to come by. Mm-hmm. So um, have you, had you heard that refer- reference I before? Have. Yeah. So, she, oh, Jen's been able to join us. Hi, Jen. Hey, Jen. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yeah. That's great to have you. And we're so glad you guys are coming out to help lead our family camp this summer. So, Sean, Jen, could you guys share how you, as a husband and wife, and with your kids, have learned love and virtue from the daily living of your family life? Well, yeah, we have a very fresh example because last night we did what we call family reconciliation. Oh, that sounds terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. My lovely bride here has a great sense of when it's time to come together as a family and just honestly share with one another where we've been hurt Mm -hmm. by each other. And, um, and, you know, last night she said, well, we, maybe we'll go 30 to 40 minutes. And I said, I just have a sense we're going to go longer. Well, we went about an hour and a half last night (laughs) and the conversations, of course, they just, they grow and, and we get into some history, but in the end of it, we just have the opportunity to say that we're sorry and, um, and get reconnected with one another. And um, so that's actually an exercise that we teach at family camp. And we've had so much feedback from families like, wow, I never would have imagined that, uh, you know, the things that my kids would say that came out, you know, one of the, one of the dads later in the evening after they did family reconciliation, his daughter pulled him aside and said, dad, is there anything I do that causes you to love me less? Mm. And it just hit him like, oh, that you would even doubt, you know, my love. And it was a great opportunity for him to affirm her. No, there's nothing that you can do. I will always love you. And, um, and so that's, that's one of the ways that we've learned to really, uh, you know, grow in, in virtue and how the family is really this school of Christian living. Um, do you have any, anything to add? Well, I think it just helps to really promote um, open and honest communication and being able to just share with one another and help, you know, lead each other and encourage each other in our growth and, and walk in holiness. So this is something that you guys actually uh, kind of teach at the family camp, because this is really interesting to me. I'd never, okay, you never think in a family that you could all sit down and deal with these problems that maybe you're having without it turning into this big drag down fight, you know? (laughs) So you guys are really like teaching families how to do this in a faith-filled way to be able to uh, reconcile problems that are going on. 
Right. And, and think about how many families are out there who are estranged from one another as they've grown older because they never learn to really say that I'm sorry and, and reconcile. I have, a, I have a sibling who hasn't talked to my father for 15 years and everything would change if my dad would pick up the phone and say that I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's just a, a super important. And it's the gospel, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, who, it's how we're called to live. It's, we've been forgiven and we should forgive others. And yeah. so... So, Renee, as you're talking about how the church speaks of the family as a school of love, yeah. you know, the nature of love is that it responds, it corresponds to goodness and truth and beauty. Mm-hmm. So what a beautiful thing to say of the family that uh, in day-to-day family life, my call as a Christian member, a member of a Christian family, of a Catholic family, is to be on the lookout for the goodness and truth mm-hmm. and beauty that are in my parents and my siblings and in my children. And that with the confidence that as I uh, pay attention to that, among the many things I could pay attention to, (laughs) right? right? Because none of us are perfectly good, true, or beautiful. (laughs) But if I'm on the search for what is good, what is true, what is beautiful, the way that God put me together is that I'm going to respond to that reality in the people around me, in my family, with love. Mm -hmm. So love isn't just something like a task or a duty, but it's what I'm made for. Mm -hmm. We're made to receive love and to give love. And if my focus is on beholding the goodness, truth, and beauty of the people around me, more easily and more readily am I going to be able to love as I'm loved by God, which is an unconditional love, like mm-hmm. that father who's like, no, honey, there's nothing you would do that would ever make me want to love you less at all. Right. That's what a beautiful thing that's alive in that dad's heart, and what a beautiful thing for his daughter to be affirmed in, because that's a revelation of the reality of God, limited and imperfect, but it still points to the reality of yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is okay, this is like a revelation for me. I need to go. Can I go to the family camp by myself? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> um, so in our society, we're we're constantly kind of being pulled away from our families, I feel like. Like there's mm-hmm. this um push to move us away from family bonds and obligations. So is this part of what this camp is about is trying to keep those tighter and uh, build the faith in those families so that they can resist that pull away. Yeah, we we talk about it this way. We see how important it is to pray and play together as a family. Mm-hmm. And so they have that experience of a camp. And just in that experience, they start to evaluate their life back home and how it can be dominated by so many other things. And they really miss out on the joy that's available to them by simply praying and playing together, creating space in your lives to do that. So we talk about that. We've in in we we get the parents together as the counselors take the kids and they go through um, some lessons and and they do uh, activities and things like that, so that we as parents can really dig into this because we've had some families say, yeah, you know, the sports are dominating our mm-hmm. lives too much, yeah. or this or that. Youth organized activities are taken away for opportunities that we have as a family to be spending time with our kids, and so. Um, it's just a good, it's a good opportunity to assess that. It's also a great opportunity to assess our own marriage because our kids <laughs> usually get out of sorts when we're out of sorts with one another. And so prioritizing our, our marital love and, uh, our date nights and making sure that we're connected and communicating healthy with one another because our kids pick that up. Right. Yeah. And they thrive yeah. in the love, as you know, 
any parents who've tried to have some time together alone on the sofa, it's not long before those kids are <laughs> burrowing in between us, right? <laughs> they just thrive in the love that we share with one another. They've, that's where their security is. So, sure. so that's also okay. what we want to really focus on at the family camp is, yeah. is the marriage. Yeah. You know, Rhea, <clears throat> excuse me, Renee, I was thinking uh, Bishop DeGroote has been so good in our diocese in uh, holding up this vision of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship mm-hmm. through God's love and really desiring not only for uh, priests and deacons and seminarians, but for every member of our diocese to live their vocation in a way that is healthy and happy and holy. And there are so many tensions, like you were saying, mm-hmm. that pull families away from their time to being together in the communion of love of the family. And uh, I think people have a taste at camp of what that can look like that's different yeah. And just like uh, Sean and Jen were sharing, like, oh, this was really beautiful. We see what happens and how our relationships flourish in this kind of an environment. What can we do as we go back home and reassess uh, the things that we just kind of naturally float along with Mm -hmm. and the many demands that are made on us that actually squeeze out and kind of eliminate time for us to be together as a family? I remember when I was in a freshman in college. I think it was like in Psych 101, one of my general ed classes or something. They were talking about how the average child spent like uh, something like 11 minutes a week with his parents. What? And I heard that's exactly oh what I gosh. thought. And this is this is 1990, okay? Oh, so you know it's 10 times worse now. Mm-hmm. Maybe 11 seconds. Right. And I thought about it. When I first heard that in the class, I'm like, no. And then I just thought back on my last four years in high school, and I'm like, no, I think that's right. Yeah. Because by the time uh, – I got, well, so after school, I always had a sport or I had mm-hmm. to go to work. By the time I got home, my parents were usually in bed and they were up and off to work before I got up in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we might cross paths a little bit during the week and I might see them a little bit on the weekend, but, and that was back then right? where there were so fewer demands and parents didn't go to, you know, all the practices yeah. and the events and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And I just think of families today, you know, I've been ordained a priest for 20 years and how much more those demands are and how little time actually Families can spend time together, so which isn't good for the family. And no. beautiful things flourish uh, when people make some of those simple choices and just spend more time together to pray and play together. Yeah. Um, there was uh, something I had found that Catholic families should look different from other families, and this was um, Greg Popchak, who is a Catholic author. I believe he's a psychologist, sociologist. I'm not sure which. Um, he talks about the five marks of a Catholic family. And— um, he he talks about those as that they should worship together, pray together. They should, are called to intimacy, so love God and each other. Put the family first, and family should be a witness and a sign. So Sean and Jen are those. I imagine that those are some things you guys probably talk about at the family camp. Absolutely, praying together, sharing faith together, talking about the difference Jesus makes in our lives. It's so easy for our kids, even going to Catholic school or, or, you know, participating in religious education, things like that, to compartmentalize the faith Mm -hmm. if it's not alive in the home. Right. Um, And uh, being on mission together as a family is Mm -hmm. also so important and just being a witness in the world because people, they, they sense the joy that is there within, in family life and that something's missing that the culture is, is offering us. Um, There's just so much alienation and the family is, the antidote to that, right? Mm-hmm. With Christ at the center. And so uh, those are those are great uh, keys to Catholic family life. And it was Catholic family life that converted the Roman Empire. It needs to happen again, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> um, so can you tell us a little bit more about what people might expect at the family camp, either Father Scott or Sean and Jen? Yeah, you guys want to sketch a day in the 
Yeah, okay. a day in the life. I'll let you do that, Jen. Um, usually it's a wake up, have breakfast, um, a morning prayer together. And then we usually go into a time where we gather um, everyone at camp for some music and maybe a skit that'll introduce the theme for the day that we're going to be touching on throughout the day. Just some fun um, activities like that all together. And then we break into the sessions that Sean spoke of earlier, where the adults would go um, for some time together to learn and to grow. And then the the kids would be broken into age groups and they would um, do some similar things like a little bit of a Bible study, um, some fun activities, some artwork, whatever. Um, Then we come back together for usually mass before we have lunch. And then we have some time in the afternoon just to the playtime where um, families can just really get to know each other, but also just to have some time to lay low and swim or whatever. Um, The evenings are a little varied, but we would have sometimes a a big game that all the families could join in on, dinner, and then um, one night would be a time for adoration and prayer. Um, one night we had some square dancing, some kind of fun Ooh. things like that, that the family can all join in together to, uh, do or a family talent show, just kind of like a little variety of things like that. But that's sort of a, a day in the life of family camp. Sure. And the way I understand it, Lumen Christie is involved here, yeah. right? So our Lumen Christie missionaries, mm-hmm. um, uh, who are college age students who have been trained to do such things, mm-hmm. uh, will be accompanying the families in the camp. So we're going to have like, uh, a missionary for every one or two families. Oh, that's great. And that is specifically so parents can have some grown-up time together <laughs> and the kids are led through structured activities and lessons and fun stuff to do during the day. Yeah. Uh, but also just to do all the other work camps. So it's really uh, quite a high ratio of the camp staff to the families who come yeah. so that they can really experience being cared for and have the freedom just to enter into the beauty of being together as a family. Sure. It's going to be a great experience. Yeah. So, Father Scott, will you give us the details when, how you register, and anything else we might have missed? Sure. So, if people go to uh, broomtree.org, uh, the website, you can find the registration information there. The camp is running from June 21st to June 24th this summer, 2021, June 21st to 24th. Uh, broom-tree.org is the website. And if you go under Youth and Family Camp, you'll see Summer Family Camp 2021. And that's where the rest of the information and the registration stuff is found. Yeah. And if you've never been up to Broomtree, oh. I finally got to get there recently. And it was awesome. That was your first that was time there? my first time at oh, Broomtree. Okay. I know. You're I know. killing me. I know. No, I it's, wish it's it would have been summer. It's very beautiful. Um, it's, there's rolling hills. There's a creek that runs through the property. We're up against a state park and a big lake, Lake Marindal. Uh, it's seven miles west of Irene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is lots of trees. It's a beautiful, beautiful setting. Uh, I can't wait to see our youth and family camp used for this family camp this summer. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. All right. Sean and Jen, thank you for being here. Thank you. And we look forward to to be there this summer. Yeah. Yeah. We look forward to it. And there'll be some very lucky families who get to hang out with you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Father Scott. You got anything else real quick? No, you thanks. You like you wanted to say something. No, I'm just so excited. Uh, I've known Sean and Jen since 19, I think, 98, when I was still a seminarian. I was uh-huh. ordained in 2000. They've been dear friends of mine for the last 22 years. And I'm just so excited. I always love when the cool people I know in the world get to meet uh, my other dear friends in the world. So I'm really excited for the families who are uh, coming to camp to yeah. be able to meet Sean and Jen and uh, just benefit from the beauty of their family and their faith life. Yeah, that'll be great. All right. Thanks for being here, you guys. All right. If you aren't following us on social media, you can join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at SF Diocese. 
or you can always find us at the diocesan website at sfcatholic.org. That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Thank you.